listening to the Bloody Bits Horror Show with your host, Eddie Diaz. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie. The Axe, and joining me as always, the co-host with the co-most, Tim Yobo. It's me, Tim Yobo. Tim, thanks for jumping on again, man. We're wrapping up Body Horror Month of December, going in, cruising into the new year. And, uh, well, Candace is here, too. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming wait, wait, and joining us again, Candace. Exactly. A new start. You got... The, one of the fresh new faces of podcasting here. Yes, mm-hmm. the fresh face mm-hmm. of podcasting. <laughs> and we are wrapping up the Body Horror Month, as always. Uh, kind of circling back a little bit. Candice. Yep. You brought in... Antiviral. Antiviral, yeah. 2012 film written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, son mm-hmm. of David. And this is actually his first feature film. So what's your history with this film? This was, uh, well, I really just watched it on the strength of the Cronenberg name in itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's kind of nepotism. Like, just because the father's a good director doesn't mean the son's going to be. But I had seen good reviews and it sounded interesting. So I watched it and I was like, that movie was fucking brilliant. And I was like, baby Cronenberg got the gene. Like, he is really good. Yeah, he I, was hanging around the set with Daddy all the time, I guess. He's a, I call him Baby Cronenberg, but he's like a 40-year-old man now. <laughs> he's not, yeah. He's not a youngin'. <laughs> no, no, 40 years old, and he actually just had another film come out that I'm looking to uh, to check out. Yeah, I uh, want to oh, watch yeah, that. Oh, yeah, Possessor, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, Possessor. That looks like it's going to be good, too. I was surprised, because I figured the same thing, Candace. I thought, you know, it's Cronenberg, so of course he's going to be able to make a movie. Mm-hmm. Who knows if he's going to be as good as his father is, but I was really surprised with how much the movie was good. Yeah, because just because your dad's good at something doesn't mean you're going to be. No, but in Hollywood, you're right. It, it doesn't mean anything, but you're going to get a couple more chances than anybody mm-hmm. else is going to get. Yeah. Just from I... writing on that name. Yeah, just, I mean, because it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a very distinct name, you know? You hear Cronenberg, you're not like, is that uh, is that Paul or David, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get him confused with anything else. You know exactly who you're talking about. And he's going into his father's field of body horror, body too. Horror, so that's yep. another thing where it's just like, oh, is this kid just trying to make a quick movie just to see what the hell's going on? But it's really good. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. And we'll uh, definitely get into that right after we... Get to know your Yobo. Wait, she already Voice... asked me a question last time. Voice of an angel. Whoever does that song is just mwah. Perfection. It's a brilliant pull that he did on that one. Yeah, I, I had to do a lot of audio cleanup on it, make it sound a lot younger and more energetic. He auto-tuned the hell out of it. Auto-tuned. <laughs> That's actually me singing it. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> so, Candace, as you are well aware, Get to Know Your Yobo is our weekly feature where our guests ask our uh, co-host, Tim Yobo, a little question just to get to know him. And... Uh, I'll always throw it over to the guest first. Do you have any any questions for your Yobo? I have an actually friendly question for the Yobo. Uh, What are you most looking forward to in 2021? Oh, hopefully being able to go back out again. Not just going to work and coming home and going to the supermarket and coming home. 
that yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to that, hopefully. Yeah. My wife was saying that just this morning she forgot for a moment that we were in a pandemic while she was waking up and she's like, We should go to the old retro video game store today. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh... Surprise, surprise. Nope, not gonna be able to do that. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not even really that big of a going out person. I like staying home. So the first like four or five months didn't bother me that much, but Jesus Christ, it's starting to get to me now. Mm. Yeah. Especially I... when it sometimes feels like you're the only person doing it. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't stay. get me started on that. <laughs> I take the fucking subway into work and at least three or four times on a ride to or from, I have to get out of the fucking car and go to another one because there's some asshole either without a mask or who thinks... Well, I don't have to wear a mask if I'm drinking something, right? Or talking on the phone. I see. Yes, that that's the other fucking thing too. It's like, Jesus, you're not doing fucking FaceTime, asshole. I can fucking yeah. hear you sitting across the car. The person on the other phone should be able to hear you fine. Yeah, you can talk on the phone with a mask on. You can. I do it all the time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. Let's get back to normal quickly, please. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of giving, getting everybody sick. Uh, <laughs> talk about thematically the movie to select here, man. Antiviral, it uh, was the, well, I guess uh, Brandon Cronenberg in an interview said the inspiration for this film came when he was younger and he was ill with a viral infection. He was kind of laid out feeling like shit and he thought about the nature of viruses and, and infection and having this thing that was living inside of him, kind of living off of him, harvesting him and, and it was totally separate and alien to him, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, called having a baby. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but they make they make that uh, parallel in the movie between being pregnant and and having a virus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's kind of like a parasite. Exactly. Uh, and then he says later on he saw an interview where uh, on Jimmy Kimmel Live where uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in and she was complaining about being sick and she said. Uh, kind of passingly, hey, you know, if I sneeze into the crowd, and then it's going to get all of you sick. And the crowd started cheering. Jesus. Like, That's a little bit weird. And then the capper on it for him was when he found out that somebody purchased one of John Lennon's molars in an auction oh. for $30,000. The fuck is wrong with Jesus people? Jesus Christ. Which, you think of shit like that, and you watch this movie, and you're like, this is not a dark dystopian future. This is just the future. Yeah, it's just a just a little shade of satire thrown on top of uh, things that already are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like over the top satire, like idiocracy, where things are taking to just the most extreme versions of themselves. Oh, you mean the documentary about America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Tim, what about you? What's your history with antiviral? Had you seen it before the nope, show? Nope, never or? saw it. I don't even think I heard about this movie. Yeah, it was wow. it was a sleeper. Not a lot of people watched it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't very big. Uh, I mean, it had like a $3 million Canada uh, budget. I think it made worldwide somewhere around 200000 It It didn't oh, do much, yeah. but then it got picked up on streaming, and it kind of had a resurgence because it was on Netflix for the longest time. Um, and, and it did really well in the festivals, and critically, it was pretty well regarded. Yeah, it, I, I can't imagine that this would be a big blockbuster in no. any no. circumstances. It's just, it's just not what blockbusters are supposed to be, but I'm surprised it made just that little bit of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't because of all the star power that it was trading off of. Uh, 
The film stars Sid, who's being played by Caleb Laundrie Jones, who you might remember from the film The Last Exorcism. Or oh. he later went on to play the creepy brother Jeremy in Get Out. He's also uh, Banshee from X-Men First Class. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a comic book thing. This is, this is what, <laughs> right? You know, kind, it's kind of a big film. I don't know if you heard of X-Men or not. Mm-mm. But, uh, and he's also in, he plays a small part in um, Three Billboards to, shit, what's the name of that movie? I don't have it written down. Uh, oh, th- three Billboards uh, to Ebbing, Missouri or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I know. With uh, Francis McDermott. Yes, yes. He was a mm-hmm. small part in that. And I love this actor. He you, he shows up, and I'm like, this is going to be good. Because he's one of those arguments that you don't have to be a beautiful, gorgeous person to be an actor. You just have to be memorable. You know, you got to have a distinct face that makes you stand out from the rest of the the bland, white, white, you know, like, brown stubble, blue-eyed men that fill Hollywood studios. And then you have someone who looks like Caleb Landry Jones, who's like, kind of a ginger strawberry blonde. He's got freckles all over his body. And he's kind of got an odd-looking face, but you remember him when you see him. Yeah. And he's yeah. also a hell of a damn actor to boot. Yeah, he, he his performance in this is phenomenal. It, oh, yeah, uh... he was a great banshee. <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, the other co-star to this, I'll I'll give it credit to, is uh, the celebrity Hannah Geist, played by Sarah Gordon, who did a little bit of TV work, um, did some non-horror films, and then was in an episode. Though this is interesting, of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Huh. Okay. Do you remember that weird old show on mm-hmm. Nickelodeon for people younger than myself? Yeah. <laughs> you mean cool she people? Later went on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> then she later went on to play, um, I can't, what the fuck is this name? Myrna in 2014's Dracula Untold. Which one is that? I have no idea. Candace, you're the Dracula fan. I'm looking this up because uh, I didn't really look at her. I mean, I glanced over her stuff. I know what this is. This oh, is, when, yeah, they, so this is when they were trying to uh, reboot the Universal Monsters. The Dracula Untold was supposed to be oh. the kicking off point. Oh, so before the mummy, it was Dracula Untold. Mm-hmm. That's the one that Yeesh. like originally bombed before the mummy bombed, <laughs> in such a spectacular fashion. Was yeah, the was to... that the movie where the guy from Prison Break was Dracula? Yes, uh, I think. Okay. No, 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 no. You're thinking of a. Oh man, I didn't actually see it myself. I just know of it. Uh oh my god, you. I don't know. I that don't Dracula know. movie. That Dracula movie with the guy from Prison Break. <laughs> This, I think it was, it was the your... Blades, wasn't it? That was, was it Blade last... 3, wasn't it? Wasn't it Dracula and Blade <laughs> 3 and Blade Trinity? <laughs> you know how we get Eddie to shut up? There's yeah. two ways. Just, talk just to start talking about vampires. vampires. <laughs> yeah. Look, now, you're yeah. talking you to me. You think there are vampires in the Star Wars universe, Candace? There has to be, right? There's a werewolf in that can- cantina. Oh, no, there are vampires because uh, if you read the extended <laughs> universe books, there is a whole thing about the Senate the New Republic is trying to stop these vampire parasitic relationship between like these vampires and the people that they feed on and the people that they feed on vote to stay where they are because that's just their way of life. And it was like a big stink. Mm. You know what that sounds like to me? The Republican Party. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Oh, God. Vote against your own self-interest. Yep, yep. I don't care. I like vampires. Nobody can tell me no vampire's gonna suck my blood. 
<laughs> no kidding. And later on, we have a very fun uh, kind of a cameo from Malcolm McDowell, of course. Yes. Uh, excellent, excellent uh, uh, little fun role he had. And Brandon said he was a, a really, really great to work with. I can imagine. I mean, you know, that's that's a name among names. To that's a gigantic name in movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. My God. So that's about it I have for some of the background of the film. Uh, there really isn't a ton out there. Well, there's other it's, guy it's that's in it, Nicholas Campbell, guy who plays his boss. Oh, okay. Go oh, for yeah, it. that guy. Go from ahead. the Dead Zone. He's the killer in Dead Zone. Oh, wait, spoiler oh. alert for Dead Zone. Hmm. Hmm. Fuck, I didn't even notice that. Huh. The David, the David Cronenberg movie? Yes. Of Stephen King's The Dead Zone with Christopher yeah, Walken. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you know, I need to never... make that connection, right? David Cronenberg directed <laughs> yeah. that fucking movie. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, that's not a David Cronenberg movie at all. No, no. Not written and directed, just directed. Um, so, the premise of the movie uh, that we're going to kind of get through here is uh, the titular, titular, <laughs> our hero, <laughs> Sid, works for a company called Lucas Clinics. And the idea is that this is a company which purchases celebrity illness by basically drawing blood from these infected celebrities who get whatever they catch uh, just out in their life, usually. They then take that illness into a laboratory, render it sterile, kind of, as a method of copy protection, because they don't want you, you know, purchasing this virus and then just going out and reproducing it because then how are they going to make their money and then they yeah. sell the illness to celebrity obsessed fans um, yeah the the idea that they want to they're so obsessed with these celebrities that they actually want to experience the illness that they did because it makes them cl feel closer to them it's yeah. probably as close as you can get to them without fucking them right <clears throat> or eating them hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so um one of the first people that we see who goes into the laboratory purchasing an illness uh, with Sid giving him his good rap on, on uh, look, you know, the, look at her. She's not even really a person. She's more of an ideal. She's more of a, a thought. You know? Yeah, this gets brought up a lot in the movie about what are celebrities exactly. Later yeah. on, the, the owner of the clinic says, there's no such thing as a celebrity. They're not real people. They're a group hallucination. Which really, like, really philosophical about what is a celebrity? Who deserves to be a celebrity? Who deserves to be famous? You know, because... Well, I think he also says that if you're a celebrity, you, you are a celebrity because you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. And the, I just want to point out in the movie that the... I'm not a film person, you know? I'm not like a... I don't usually watch art house movies or anything like that, and I don't understand them or like them. But... I've always heard that David Cronenberg is known for his very cold and clinical atmosphere in his movies. Mm -hmm. oh, that, yeah. that, like, detractors of Cronenberg say he's too cold. And I yeah. never really understood that, because I'm like, I don't know, it just looks like a movie to me. But this movie is cold. Yeah. It, at some points, it, this, it's so much white, it looks like people, like, floating, instead of, like, sitting down at a fucking chair or at a desk. Yeah, everybody looks all washed, unless you're a celebrity. They always look yes. healthy. But everybody else looks really washed out, and they're wearing these, like, coats with, uh, like, just black coats on white backgrounds, and their faces are really pale, and they always look small. Like, it's, it's beautiful. Every single shot, you can tell, 
was set up so carefully because everything's so symmetrical. Yeah, like I a, like yeah. the fucking shot of the airplane flying through the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, too, because as they're walking through the clinics uh, in different locations, you'll often see these kind of video billboards and, and things in the background that are just animations of the celebrities. And a lot of that, it's like about half of the the filming that was done for this was actually done in pre-production. So a lot of what you're seeing is, like you said, just a lot of kind of very sharp um, pictures of people or filming of people against a white background. It it reminds me, the way they use color in this almost reminds me of uh, what they used to do with, with Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. where uh, you'd have like the people that were in recovery would be wearing like a gray scale. Then you'd have, you know, certain people wearing red or blue or green or whatever. Uh, but only, like you said, the celebrities are the only ones that really get any sort of a non-grayscale coloring. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really stands out in the hotel scene. Oh, you yeah. know, because it's very jarring when you cut to the hotel. So, and what's interesting with this first person, though, that he's making the sales pitch to is he kind of finds out that the guy has a lot of money and he's kind of willing to spend whatever to, to get, you know, just as close and, and as intimate with this celebrity as possible so he ends up selling him the herpes virus yep and uh, that way it'll never leave yep yep it'll stay with you forever and uh but does it you know maybe they're gonna maybe this company's gonna pull like a monsanto thing where after like six (laughs) months the herpes thing goes away and you have to come back and get a booster shot well like real uh you know real herpes simplex virus it'll go dormant so you won't have that cold sore all the time, and then something will make it flare up again, like stress or a sickness. Yeah, but I was just thinking, like, if they're making their money off of selling viruses and doing that, that they would want to do it where it's like, that's not a one and done. You know, that's why you spend $3,000 on a refrigerator, because you probably buy one of them in your lifetime, and some small appliance costs 40 bucks because you're going to buy 20 of them in your lifetime. Yeah, maybe it's why they imply with this herpes virus that, uh, you're really going to pay out the nose for it. Like you are going to empty your bank account for this virus. And he does. And he gets a little injection of the herpes virus on the left side of his mouth, right where she has it. No, it's the, no, it's the, if she kissed him, that's where he would get the mirror side. Yeah. So if she kissed him, that's where he would have gotten it. And he like, so Caleb, well, Sid, our main character, like uses the little needle and pierces his uh, upper lip with it. He, like, pulls mm-hmm. open his upper lip and then pierces with the needle in between the gums and the lip, which is such a sensitive area. And I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. But the guy, like, he goes, ugh. <laughs> like, yeah. like he com- he's, like, covering his lap. And you can tell that he just, like, came oh, in yeah. his pants when he gets hit with the virus. Just the biggest erection getting fucking injected there. It's, oof. Yeah. Pretty rough, man. So... Then we'll also find out, though, that our buddy uh, Sid here, he's, he's doing a little double duty in the lab because he's got a side hustle going on in that he is using his own body as an incubator to smuggle these viruses out of the lab back to his home where he's got his own little home lab kind of hidden in a false wall behind a closet it's... so that he can... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's pretty clever. Because they they chose the security searches them and questions them if they're taking any of these proprietary viruses home with them. 
Right. So because they don't want them selling or stealing. But he injects himself with the viruses and grows them in his own blood so he can, you know, then smuggle it out that way, which is pretty damn clever. Because what are they going to do? Give him a blood test that, you know, every single time they leave work? No. It's his version of keistering it. (laughs) It is. Yeah. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because you'll commonly through the movie see him taking his own temperature. And it's in a lot of shots where it's almost like he's smoking a cigarette. He's the movie just got starts this... over with him taking his temperature. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, you, and it makes me wonder if when they're scanning him on the way out, they're checking to see if they have a fever, you know, that they might not have had before. That's true. Uh, I didn't think about that. Wow, see? I thought he was trying to see if the virus took, because, you know, there's no guarantee that yeah, you true. can catch something. So I was like... I wonder if he always he's always taking his temperature because he's like, oh, if I have a fever spike, that means that it's working. Yeah, my, well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because also all he does is fucking load himself up on fucking orange juice and it looks like, what, tuna fish sandwiches? Yeah, tuna fish sandwiches, orange juice, orange juice, and uh, multivitamins. So he's probably trying to keep himself as healthy as he can while he does have these viruses so he can go into work. It's going to defeat the purpose of he's every month he's out of work for three fucking weeks. Because he's sick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he runs him home, and he loads the virus into a uh, little computer lab of his. And they do this interesting thing here, where when you load it, you get a picture of a face that appears on this screen. And the face is, they kind of explain it. It's interesting. It's like the face of the person who is infected, but it's of them and how the virus interacts with them, or, or how it's a part of them. Yeah, they explain, it, to... they explain it that the machine will actually stop the virus from being able to become infectious. It right. locks it into place. And the technician who's doing this, Sid's character, unconsciously changes the face of the person based on what they're seeing with the virus. So that is the virus's face. It's... Yeah, because I think he's also saying that how... Uh... People have learned to recognize facial expressions, even subconsciously, while they're looking at somebody. So I guess the technician, while he's looking at that, he's subconsciously picking up different things and changing it around. So it works. Exactly. Yeah. It goes, there's a lot of uh, philosophizing about the nature of viruses in this movie, which I am 100% into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he is taking him home, though, and he's reverse engineering this copy protection because his side hustle is these, uh, these viruses he's smuggling out. He's got a buddy named Arvid, and Arvid runs a company called Astral Bodies. And Astral Bodies, they, uh, they have a different kind of take on the whole celebrity worship and infatuation. Mm-hmm. Have you they heard of the are... term star fuckers? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is star eaters. This is um, star eaters. Yeah, this is the next step. Yeah. They are reproducing, I, I have to assume it's through some sort of like a stem cell petri dish well, they scenario. Call it a, they call it a cell garden. Yes. Yeah, yes. which I guess would means they have pluripotent stem cells, and then they'll take the skin cells from their favorite celebrity and... Uh, you know, let it grow together, and then they make steaks out of it. And they're like, "Here is a pound of Hannah Geist." Be mm-hmm. like, "You can eat, have this for dinner. Bring this home for your family." Uh, can't they just make it look a little bit more appetizing? Oh, it looks fucking gross because it's it's like 
uh it kind of looks like insulation like wet insulation from a house yeah it's so, so the I, the idea is that it's completely bloodless just like 3d printed muscle tissue mm -hmm. so that's why it just looks like gray old meat and this is uh where it starts to have a religious connotation because these celebrities are more than human they've become gods in these people's minds so mm -hmm. eating these celebrities is taking communion basically i was just there's the whole communion thing right yeah, there yeah exactly and there's they go further into it they don't come right out and say it obviously but a lot of the imagery used and uh people's reactions to being around a celebrity it has a very strong religious connotation mm -hmm. so tim yes. if they could grow in a lab human meat would you eat it Something that's actually supposed to be human. Yep. Hell no. I'm How about picky, you, Candace? I'm picky eater, so you don't even. Uh, that's true. You don't even question. eat pork. Yeah. <laughs> if if it was if it was grown in a lab and they were mm -hmm. like this did not this was never conscious. <laughs> no. There was no grown consciousness was ever put into this thing. Yeah, I'd eat it. Human meat. Would you have any preference? Wouldn't butt isn't butt meat supposed to be the best? Oh, I mean, like... who? Gross. Oh, you're talking about what part <laughs> of the body? Yeah. <laughs> Candace is over here talking about eating ass. I'm just saying, like, some ass when she gets home. That takes eating ass to a whole new level. I'm talking about fucking, is there anybody specifically you'd prefer? But damn, I don't. I've never gotten into uh, the celebrity worship that some people have. Like, cause this, it's another thing that boggles me about humanity, is people who like stalk celebrities or will buy something just because a celebrity uses it, even if it's an inferior product. You know. And people, and this has, you know, happened recently, that when a celebrity dies and you see all these people on the streets crying their eyes out, and I'm like, why? You didn't know them. Like, that sucks. It's a human being who died, and that's a terrible thing, but it's not like they were your friend. <laughs> like, you didn't know them personally. So there's actually an interesting psychological phenomenon about that in, in that we build this fake relationship with celebrity and it's something that we can share with other people. It's just a way that we relate to each other. Oh, we all like David. Yeah, Bell, we all have the same say. imaginary friend. And when that person dies, the the suffering or the acting out, like you said, of the mourning of it is actually a safer way of us to practice mourning for when it actually takes place in our life with somebody that's very personal to us. It's kind of a subconscious what do you mean, practice. Well, <laughs> you're mourning, but in a safer way. Yeah, I know, but when, right? the way you said, like, practice, like, you don't know how to do it, so you got to fake it to make it. Right, so it's like a nightmare, right? A lot of the times they say that nightmares are, are your brain kind of preparing you for a situation. So uh, something jumping out at you, let's say, things like that. Yeah, it, I, don't, it's a, I can't really uh, get behind that. I can't say that's 100% true, which it's just a an idea right it's an trying yeah, yeah, to explain something that already exists because i don't care if a celebrity dies i'm like yeah. that sucks but i'm not like oh my god well, you're my also life is people, over so, you know. <laughs> and I, w I would eat yeah them. like wow maybe i can get them half price now at the supermarket <laughs> no yeah. it goes up because then soon. you better hope that they have a you know some skin cultures handy yeah i told uh my wife if i if, if that was possible i'd eat somebody i'd eat her uh, I'd, I'd want oh, her so 3D printed or whatever. Yeah, and I want to cook it in front of her so she gets to smell it and everything. 
but she can't eat it. Only you. No, You're just, just sitting me. there. Yeah. Wipe away. Just having a big old steak. I think uh I think I'd probably taste like a sour patch candy. Yeah, you think she's so? sour, then she's sweet. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, they're they're just cloning fucking celebrity DNA and selling it off as this gross gray meat, but everybody loves it because, mm-hmm. like you said, it's communion. It's uh, maybe it's like a an internal transubstantiation instead of the bread becoming the actual flesh of God, then it's them becoming gods themselves by consuming a god. And you're doing the actual flesh. Literal flesh, yeah. But what gets me is at one point, somebody else brings it up, too, is how can the people who is buying the Hanagai steaks and the other people say, be sure that that's who it really is? Mm, The guy is growing the shit basically in the fucking back of the shop. That could be anybody's fucking DNA that he's turning into fucking steaks. And Wait selling. a second. You sold me Hannah Geist. This is fucking Dustin Diamond, you son of a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> at one point later on in a restaurant, something like that is mentioned. Yeah. Where he's somebody is pushing off somebody else's steaks as hers. Yeah. No, yeah. that's... Mm, I can't... Okay, never mind. We'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. That's a little later on after what happens to her happens to her. Mm-hmm. So... Our friend, uh, Sid, you know, Sid's friend Derek, who was another uh, smuggler, we find out, got busted for smuggling out uh, one of the systems that they use for doing the engineering and reverse engineering of the copy protection. And yeah, and Derek's when we arrested. originally see him in the beginning of the movie, he looks like he's sick. Yeah, he looks oh, yeah, like he's shit. So he's probably been doing the same shit that our hero has been doing. Yep, yep. And this is kind of the, uh, now we're going to get into the problem that takes place. Because Sid says, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take over for him. I'll, uh, I'll go get infected, or I'll go g- collect the uh, hot new disease from Hannah Geist. And it's funny, though, because he claims, like, ah, I was never even a big fan of Hannah Geist or anything. Yeah, he claims you know? that, and he's a liar. He's full of duty. This fucking guy. Let me, uh, I look thirsty. Let me point out stuff. You know how there's, in the background, there's lots of TV shows that people are watching, and it's all like celebrity gossip shows. We all know. And there's two different magazines that everybody in this world is reading. Yeah, and it's always about celebrities. Well, it there's this uh, background story going on about this um, celebrity named Aria Noble. Yes. And I don't know what's going on, but she's having some kind of meltdown, very public meltdown. And yeah. the camera puts on, like, predator heat vision when she's getting out of a car <laughs> and zooms in on her vagina and shows that it's hot. <laughs> like, hotter than the rest of her body. And it puts I think what that is, Candace, is that it, what it is, it's supposed to be a scandal. I think we first see it's supposed to be, like, something celebrity scandal where she gets out of a car with a short skirt and I get you get you I think you get a crotch shot of her. Yeah, yeah. And the... then later on, uh, Caleb's friends are talking about how she has a... a malformed vagina or something like that yeah she has to she has to have special underwear made for her so i think that that's why everybody's focusing in and zooming in on her crotch it it was so funny because it went into (laughs) predator heat vision and zooms in and you can see her vagina is like 20 degrees hotter than the rest of her body or something (laughs) well her ass is nice and hot so you can eat it right away oh it shows her ass later real up in it oh yeah (laughs) yeah I, I want to know how they got that camera. That that seems like... <laughs> it's the future. Yeah. I mean, you've You're heard about skirt. You don't get any privacy. Yeah. True. 
It's true. It did remind me of the whole Britney Spears shit when she was getting out of the limo and they got the oh, picture yeah. of her. Crotch. Yeah, it's like Britney Spears and Paris Hilton, both of them refused to wear underwear while getting out of a uh, a limo. So they were constantly shooting their snatches at the cameras, you know? <laughs> Brilliant move because guess what? 30 got years beat. later, all three of us are still talking about That's it. That's true. Yeah, it worked. It definitely uh, worked. Talking about uh, celebrities and stuff and whether or not they deserve to be famous. I remember when Keeping Up with the Kardashians first started. Oof. And the I downfall was, of civilization. I, I was in show. college. I didn't know who the fuck Kim Kardashian was. I had never heard of these people before. And uh, I was in college and I was on a treadmill in the gym and someone turned that on the TV. And I thought at first it said Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Thought it was about the Cardassians from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I was like, yeah. oh, this, yeah. this should be good. <laughs> and then all these, like, you know, vapid dumb bitches came on the screen, and I was like, what the hell is this? This is not what I was promised. <laughs> when are the Borg going to come in here and assimilate these fuckers? <laughs> Much better show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was... It was an aside that I wanted to add. How I got briefly confused between Kardashians and Cardassians. I know my wife was uh, shocked when I told her that, yeah, this chick is only famous because she fucked somebody and her mom sold the tape. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a whole level of fucked up. Ugh. Yeah, and even like you were saying earlier, even the concept of deserve to be famous. Does somebody deserve to be famous or not? Is because so they yeah, made a sex tape. Fucking and mom bizarre. Sold it. Yeah. And I, and they kind of get into that a little bit with uh, with Sid later on, right? They do. So, um, yeah, he Sid he takes over for his buddy Derek. He's like, all right, I'll go over to the hotel and I'll uh, get this hot new disease from Hannah. And now the uh, the story is taking place. So we go into the hotel, and like I was saying, it's it's interesting because everything has been this very stark, right angle, white blank canvas for with the little celebrity windows going on where you can see their vaginas and everything. But in, you go into the hotel and it's very, very, very well decorated and ornate and warm. There's color everywhere and it, it's just, it's very jarring. To, it actually uh, looks we... alive. Yeah, yeah, you, you're like, wow, this is a completely different scene. Well, that's, I uh, think, maybe what that is, is... That's the way that everybody is looking at these celebrities. Yeah. They, they are more bold. They have more detail to them and everything. Everybody else is bland and washed out. And then when you see Hannah, boing. That's a very good point. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a very good point. That this is how the us average Joes perceive the celebrity life as being more alive and more real and more rich than anything we could have. If celebrities are a glue, uh, oh boy, <laughs> a group hallucination... <laughs> Why not? Yeah, They're going to be true. more vibrant and stand out. Like you have your, t your color TV turned up to dynamic instead of inside. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Tim. That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> Meanwhile, some mornings they got to rock back and forth on the toilet to get that shit out, just like you and me. <laughs> well, mm. not like me, because I'm no, not an old man with a failed prostate. <laughs> I got a bidet, too. Bidets are wonderful. So, yeah, he's in he karaoke, goes... thanks to my wife. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Tim's wife. And then she threw out your notes, so it's even. <laughs> we were supposed to do the show last week. And yeah, I think no, that time true. I probably did like 32 different podcasts, so that's true. I can't get upset. <laughs> well, that's like when I, when, I, when I release an episode of the show, and then somebody will message me and say some joke that one of us said, and I'm like, 
that was two weeks ago. I do not remember what the fuck you're talking about. Sorry. Listen, folks, if you wanted to call next week yeah. when we're talking about spaghetti desserts. This week, we're talking about how you can help the elderly in your community. Mm-hmm. So next week, call with your question for this week. So he goes up to her room and... uh goes to withdraw her blood and it's funny the the two uh actors in the scene uh sid and, and hannah they refused to uh meet each other or be introduced before they filmed this scene mm. so because so they basically had no idea you know who the fuck they were going to be walking into to kind of keep the surprise i guess that, that that they uh kind of had on their face a little but hannah doesn't look too surprised she looks sick well, she's got she's a, a sleeping mask over her face. She's like, she, she's barely even sh- yeah. human, kind of, because she's just, her hair's perfect, her makeup's perfect, she's wearing a sleeping mask over her eyes, and she's just laying in repose on this bed, like this, uh, this angel, this goddess, you know, and he approaches her like a penitent, basically like all hunched over, because he's going to do the... Uh, religious ritual of taking her blood so it can be mm-hmm. made an offering to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And he does. He takes a nice little handful of the blood and her uh, her little person that's attending her at the bedside comes over and helps him to seal the little transport tube that he's got so that they can uh, bring it back to the lab and sell yeah. it back to all of us. I'm not really sure. Is that woman her mom or like her manager? It's, I got like, like a manager type vibe. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I don't think they ever really say. No, they never say exactly what she is. Yeah. Also, the all the uh, all the blood drawing scenes are real in this movie. Yep. They actually drew all that blood. Really? Yep. Yes, sir. Oh boy. All right. Have you I ever drawn little... someone's blood before? It's actually. I kind just of had a some weird blood experience. taken the other day. I had to go to my doctor and like, can't look at that shit. Blood this, doesn't bother me, only my own. It's it's weird when you take someone's, you know, blood for a blood drawing because when you hold the tube in your hand, it's really, really warm. Whoa. And so, <laughs> like, usually when you see, like, a tube of blood, it's been sitting there or it came from a cooler or freezer or something, so it's pretty cold. But, like, when it's fresh from the body and it's still really warm, it's like, ugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Candace, tell us the truth. In the winter, have you used them as hand warmers? I know some people have. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, it's cold in this lab because you know you're Give wearing your blood. vinyl, you're wearing your vinyl gloves, your nitrile gloves, and then you like hold the little ampules of blood in your hand. You're like, ah, it's nice. <laughs> Rubbing it on the back of your neck, like, Oof, <laughs> warm up, pouring it in bit. your hair. <laughs> yeah. So he he takes that little thing of blood and he sneaks off into the bathroom and takes a little key out and unlocks the thing. I'm like, why would they give him the key to unlock it? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, the only ones who should have the key would be her manager or maybe mother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whoever's back at the office that he's supposed to be giving that to. Right. That's how I would run this business. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send some notes to uh, Brandon. <laughs> um, another interesting thing, and I pointed it out when I saw this scene, is he withdraws some of the blood into a syringe and then injects it into himself. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I tell my wife, I'm like, I... I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to just bring it back to his home lab, you know, and then do the thing he always does with it. But he's already got the blood. Why not just take it into the syringe, set it aside, and then Maybe when you get home, inject it. Maybe at some point further on, it, before he gets out of the hotel, 
or he has to directly go to work, they're not going to let him bring that shit home with them and bring it in on Monday. Right. So he's going to have to go through the check, so you got to get rid of it. Yeah, plus, like, he has to to become an incubator for the virus. Like, how else is he going to... He doesn't have, like, a straight-up lab at his home where he can cultivate the blood cells. No, the lab that he has, it's... It changes it, but not to grow it. Yeah. It doesn't right. like, perpetuate it. It does the exact opposite. Make sure that it can't be perpetuated. But he's still getting the sample from his home lab to his friend regardless, right? Like, he's not taking it then from his home lab back to the lab at, 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 at the office to reproduce it and then bringing it to the guy at the meat market. They, they do explain, though, later that he actually didn't need to inject it into himself here, that that was... Stupid. Kind of a clue that he's also celebrity obsessed, even though he lies and says he isn't. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we just forgot that whole fucking part of it. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's that's exactly why he does it. Good point, Eddie. It's because he mm. he pretends like he's above that, but in actuality, he's a simp, just like the rest of them. Hey, don't say that. You can get banned from Twitch. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> Did you guys read that? You they yeah, just I read passed. That. Okay, and then they also passed a guidance on on saying the N word too the same day. So they're <laughs> like they're, you... they're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, they said okay, you cannot say simp, incel, or virgin, right? What? Yeah. It's but what if they like are when an schools put filters on their computers and you can't look up breast cancer? <laughs> but what if they are a simp, incel, virgin? Aren't you supposed to be able to tell them that? You what if come up from with the Virgin Islands? <laughs> What if somebody what who's a then? simp incel version wants to come out, but they can't explain what their problem is, so they can never get the help that they need? No, like see. what's your problem? I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to say. That's what happens. But then, so then the ruling on the N word is you just can't say it with an R at the end. What? Get the fuck yeah. out of here! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait a second. I can be dropping N bombs with with a soft A at the end, but I can't say virgin. <laughs> Okay. Well, they're also, Twitch is also, like, taking people off of Twitch if they have uh, licensed music in it. Like, if the game yeah. is playing licensed music and they're playing the game, they can be banned from Twitch. Like, it's There's insane a... what Twitch is doing. Well, you know what? I, I don't know if I'll go off, go off on Twitch for that. Because what I can imagine is it's some fucking lawyer who's sitting in an office who's getting paid to do something. Oh, going, uh... hey, you know what? They're fucking streaming Cyberpunk 2027. Yeah. That has this song in it, and that's my client. Let's yeah. sue them. That's my song, so they are going to be bad now. But yeah. I have a feeling it's... Genesis probably started doing that shit. <laughs> Metallica. <Genesis>. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, right. Poor. The fucking cocksucking drummer. <laughs> Lars Ulrich. Yeah. <laughs> then he got yeah, a fucking free uh, game of Guitar Hero or whatever, Rock Band, whichever one came out that Megadeth was in. I think, I think it was Rock Band. Yeah, you can't pay $149 for the game, Lars. <laughs> anyway, back to shit. the movie. Yep. <laughs> that was, Sorry, just that getting was pissed quite off at Twitch here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, celebrities, they're not like us. They're worse. So, yeah, old uh, homeboy runs the uh, virus back to the lab, gives them to the people. He's like, I, I got to go early, though. I'm feeling a little under the weather. And he rushes home, and he's not doing too good, man. No, he's, he is uh, very sick. Yeah, he's feverish. He looks nauseous. He's uh, he's all like got some weird rash that looks like it's breaking out on his arm. Is he hallucinating too? He's hit hundred percent hallucinating. He Here comes the body horror. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's very hallucinating because he jabs the, the blood into his machine real quick and starts trying to reverse engineer the copy protection that's in it, but then something starts going wrong with his machine and the face isn't looking too cool. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these wires jamming themselves all up under his skin. And what the fuck was going on with his jaw here? I wasn't, it looks like a filter. Yeah, it looked like yeah, blood starts pouring out of it. It looked like a it. filter or like a hundred fucking cigarette packs, uh, uh, cigarette matches. Yeah, yeah his, mouth his mouth becomes like distended. His jaw yeah. and mouth become distended outwards. And then instead of a mouth hole, he has what looks like a filter and blood starts pouring out of it. And he's hooked up to this machine. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah the wire work kind of looks like uh, Neo in the Matrix when he's yeah, in the pod. It's yeah. very cyberpunk. It also very much looks like when the gun starts making its way into James Woods' uh, hand mm-hmm. in Videodrome. It also looks like uh, A Nightmare in Elm Street Part 5, where uh, yeah. where the yeah, boyfriend is the killed. Well, no, where the boyfriend is no, killed. that's three. Oh. And the, the, dream, the dream child, where the boyfriend's killed, and like he becomes one with his, uh, his motorcycle. Yep. Like he he yep. morphs with his motorcycle and then he's and killed. And now there's a commercial about that dude. What? What dude? There's some commercial where a guy is half half man and half motorcycle. Ugh, Guess you... it's not playing on the West Coast. <laughs> or or What's the... the middle? <laughs> what was it's the cartoon where the Yeah, what what, what are you the... what are you watching? <laughs> what was the cartoon <laughs> where the kid would eat something like spicy food and then turn into a motorcycle or never mind. Anyhow, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't alive in the '60s. I don't remember stuff uh, like that. <laughs> I was asking Tim. Anyhow, uh, well, no, so now she's he... going after you for being old. No, I, I, know. I guess I I peaked at that age where it's not fun to make uh make old jokes about me anymore because now it's getting sad. But yeah, you're right in that yeah. sweet now, spot for the next now, ten years, Eddie. Now we just feel bad for you, Tim. Uh, it's okay. I don't remember anything. We just pat your hand. Yeah, there, there, Tim. There, there. <laughs> Merrick Love. So, yep, oh, uh, Sid wakes up after his fun fever dream sequence and uh, still not feeling too cool, but he's a little better off. He, it seems like he got a little bit of rest, so he's doing okay. But his computer's fucked. Yeah, the virus killed his computer. And that's what that's kind of the first hint that this might not be your run-of-the-mill flu virus. This is something really bad. And it's a great little visual how he pulls out like the little nodule or whatever it is, and it just looks like it's just caked with dry blood. Yep. Yeah, like disease, dried blood. Ugh, or like if you not... leave batteries in remote control for too long, you take them out and all that, that white shit's that all is, over That is, yep. Yeah, corrodes. Yep. So he uh, leaves his home and uh, goes down. He sees one of the people that's... Uh, Working like an apartment manager or somebody like that. Yeah, she's like the part. Yeah, the building manager for his apartment. Yeah, and, and they, like, they oh, seem you... to have a pretty good relationship. Yeah, she's nice to him. She's like, "Are you doing okay? You've been up there for a minute." And he's like, "I was sick." She's like, "Yeah, I kind of figured." Uh, so he, he like, "I better you know get to the lab. I better get to work. I gotta figure all this shit out because I've been out for a little while, and I'm sure people are looking for me. You know, I'm a disease transporter, and I have friends." And he finds yeah. out that <laughs> finds out that old Hannah, she's not doing too good. Mm-mm. In fact, she's dead. Yep. Dun dun from dun, that dun, disease. dun. So the now, exact, and it's a, they point out that she might have got it in China. 
And I was like, yes. Oh. And I saw, when I heard that, I was just wait. Am I going to have to actually write down these notes, which eventually be thrown away? China virus? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, maybe this wasn't a good movie for me to pick because it's all about uh, people purposely contracting viruses and the origin of them was China. and Which, come to find yeah. out, that's not true. It didn't come from China, but. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We'll get to it, though. But, uh, yeah. And it's one week after she got sick with it. So we've got a timeline now. We've, uh, we've got a, uh, he's got an expiration date. So now he's got to get some shit figured out. He's got to try to go, I don't know, cure himself somehow, figure out how to get an antidote, something from maybe, maybe his lab has something that can help him out. He has no idea. But, uh, he also learns that the prices for all of her products have fucking skyrocketed since she's died. People are buying up all of her illnesses, yep. her meat. Yeah, you can't keep her meat anywhere. I mean, man, people are buying it up. Oh, yeah. And then uh, it might be just a little further ahead, but it's kind of in the same same period of time where it, people, the you know, the talking heads on TV that talk about celebrities, Hannah Geist's dog, Brom, is getting a following, so people want to infect their dogs with the same ringworms that Brom has. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's in the background. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all of this yeah. stuff happening in the background is actually just as interesting as what's happening on the screen. Because then you get yeah. poor, poor Arya Noble and her anus dilemma. <laughs> and it <Yeah>. shows, <laughs> shows her proctology videos. <laughs> they got some of the fucking, not the, the, the not orthoscopic, whatever the scope is that, that they give her the colonoscopy for. I'm like, I don't yeah. need to see this. What <laughs> yeah. are you doing? Oh, wait, give it another uh, nine, ten years, Eddie. You'll be doing more than seeing it. <laughs> yeah you'll be smelling true. it something to look <laughs> forward to it. yeah <laughs> thanks tim so uh, <laughs> i had to do it everybody has to do it you know we really are just all living a very slow body horror movie <laughs> wow that's deep yeah <laughs> it was it's like we're all kind of dying <laughs> a little bit every day <laughs> yeah some more than others and also and, and, that the dog walker for Hannah Geist is claiming to have a used panty liner, and people are losing ooh. their fucking minds in a bidding war wanting this used panty liner from Hannah Geist. <laughs> we also, yeah. because in the uh, the butcher shop, or where, where uh, Arvid is selling the fucking meat, he has a pair of fucking underwear framed on the wall. Yeah. Is there like a celebrity picture signed by somebody? You know, the dog thing just reminded me of fucking ever since Biden got elected, all the different articles i've seen talking about his fucking dogs like why do we care i don't want to hear about the fucking president's dog because okay? we just want to get back to normal man uh, i mean that's that's true maybe and... the, the most the most uh coverable thing about the new president is the fact that he has dogs is a good thing <laughs> and we all know this dogs are great judges of character that's if you true. have a dog and a dog loves you you can't be well, wait, except for maybe one exception. You can't be that bad. What's the one exception? I'm looking at you, Hitler. <laughs> That's true. He was a dog yeah. lover. And a vegan. Yep. So he wouldn't have been eating any hamburgers, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Blonde that are, and blue that eyes, are, are you sure? That people are like lined up out of the building and you have to take a number and you can only get three ounces of Hannah Geist per person. Yeah, and we run into the guy from the beginning of the movie who has her herpes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a celebrity now. He's got her herpes, man. He's got a little piece of her forever. Oh, fun fact about the herpes simplex virus. So the ones that's on your mouth, mouth uh, cold sores, are mm -hmm. 
genital herpes. It's the same thing. It just happens to be on your mouth. But yeah. if the virus goes into your brain, which is very rare, but it does happen, you will become unable to tell the difference between animals. You'll look at what? a picture what? of a horse and think it's an eagle. What? It's a very... it. Look wow. it up. This is Man. a very real right. thing. <laughs> I would love to find out who has that problem and like send them to Africa on a safari. <laughs> <laughs> And just just like, send him to the zoo. Here's a pen. Here's some paper. Write down your experience. <laughs> Look at this kitty. It's a rhino coming towards him. <laughs> holy fucking shit. That's right. So you're walking down the street and somebody's got like a nice little chihuahua. And you're like, holy shit. Look at that gorilla. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't be able wow. to tell the difference. Fuck out of here. And I'm not making this up. This is real. You can look it up yourself. Oh, yeah. No, the brain can do some fucking crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's literally everything you perceive. So, mm -hmm. uh. I, I, point, I pointed are. out to a coworker who has a cold, uh, a mouth, uh, cold sore on his mouth. I was like, you know, that's general herpes. It's the same thing. And he's like, no, it isn't. It's different. And I'm like, no, yeah, <laughs> no, you know it's why? the same thing. He didn't get it from touching genitals. He got it from just kissing somebody who touched some genitals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much to get herpes on the mouth, but Talk about everybody a fun thinks coworker. it's different. And it's like, no, it's the same thing. Wait, which one? The guy with herpes or the no, one Candace. Just walking up to some dude in a fucking break room and being like, hey, nice herp. You know, that's uh, the same thing you get on a dick, right? Look, I think viruses are interesting and everybody else should too. I drop my little nuggets of knowledge everywhere I go. Sure thing. Wait until that guy hears this episode. Yeah, he's going to be very upset. <laughs> she told, she told I have a cold sore. Everybody can see it's stupid. Well, no, I bet he's happy about the mass situation, right? Oh, oh that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> wow. Man, yeah, you can just hide that shit for months now. <laughs> you you take off your mask and the entire lower half of your face is just a giant cold sore. <laughs> oh, God, you look like something out of fucking Jacob's Ladder. Just like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit, I forgot to brush my teeth. Eh, it's okay. You can wait till I get home. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they're buying all the Hannah meat, gonna make their Hannah burgers, and he goes over to see his buddy uh, Levine at that lab you're talking about, and he says, "Look, man, I need to I need to get a new lab, or I need to get my lab repaired, or something, because I got that fucking virus, and I gotta figure it out because I'm gonna die in a week. I just found out from the news." Levine's well, no, he like, doesn't I... tell Levine. He tells uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the butcher guy, Arvid. Arvid, yeah. Oh, no, 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 Arvid that's right, butcher. that's right, Arvid, yeah. yeah you know, he introduces him to Levine, that's right. Mm -hmm. So he introduces him to Levine, who's the head of wow, this hacking no organization. Yeah, good poll. And Levine says, all right, look, here's the deal. I'll get you a new lab in exchange for some samples of your blood, because that shit that she had that killed her, very rare. All of her shit's very expensive, and that's a lethal virus. Lethal viruses are worth even more money because they're illegal. So people are like, buying these killer viruses to inject themselves with so they can die the same way that Hannah died? That's an interesting question. Are they killing themselves with it or do they just want to have it? That they, in their hand, they can hold the vial of the thing that killed their favorite mm -hmm. celebrity. Yeah. It's like those people who uh, purposely eat blowfish sushi that might not have been prepared correctly because they like the, the risk. Or like if you're some kind of crazy nut fan, being able to buy the gun that killed the celebrity that you like. Yeah. Oh, so unhealthy. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
And it's so believable, too. Like, this sounds extreme, but you know if this not was that something extreme. you... It's not... If this is something you could actually do in real life, people would be fucking doing it. There'd be some people. I wouldn't say a lot, yeah. but there would definitely be some people who'd like... I mean... I want to have herpes just like my favorite celebrity. Yeah. They, some of them might even form some sort of a crazy-ass death cult around them. And they could call it religion. <laughs> so anyhow... <laughs> So anyhow, uh, yeah, he's like, look, man, I'm not going to give you that blood. Like, that's probably a bad idea. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and leave now. And, but no, he, uh, they don't let Sid leave. They don't want him to leave because that guy is worth a lot of money. But they knock his ass down. They drag his ass over, strap him in, and just start taking sample after sample, vial after vial of his blood. Yeah, it's uh, it's brutal because Very. it feels like rape. It feels like he's being raped because he's trying to leave and they grab him and shove him onto the floor and then they're penetrating him over and over again. And they're yep. like, Dude, we can still be friends after this. This doesn't have to be a thing. Like they're yeah, telling him this like and he looks so miserable. Yeah, like implies that, well, this is your fault because you're being cheap. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to give up the pussy, so we just took yeah, you it. You don't want to share? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's, and a, it's, not it's, only it's that. brutal. And it's not only that, but it's also like, well, this is also kind of how these fucking celebrities are treated a little bit, right? Sure, we, we worship them and everything, but it's also that girl was just laid out in that bed. She could have been fucking dead. Who knows? You yeah. Know? Plus, uh, um, along the lines of the treating celebrities, it's like when something bad happens to a celebrity or we rejoice and when they fall out of rehab or... They're making oh, a, yeah. where they have like a very public meltdown, you know? It's like we kind of get a sick rejoice out of it because they're like, look, they're not fucking perfect. They're just mm. like us. Well, you build so people we, up just to tear them down. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. Then we, and then we feel like we're entitled to uh, to partaking in that. You uh, know, I like paid we, to see his movie, so yeah, it's like all I want about his uh, small dick problems. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. if you didn't want us to be in your life so much, you shouldn't have become a celebrity. Yeah, it's, it's that, and it's also like, look who's actually ultimately powerful. Like, we're the ones that made you, and now we're destroying you. Yeah. And if you look at celebrity today, it's not this how it used to be. Now, you're if you're a celebrity, you're almost kind of like a performing monkey. Because, yeah. you know, back in the day, you went on Johnny Carson, and you did a straight-up interview, and you, you worked your jokes in it, you got your fucking trailer into it, and you were out. Now, you go on The Tonight Show, you gotta do fucking tricks standing on your fucking head while people from the audience are throwing eggs at your feet. Yeah, nobody cares about The Tonight Show anymore. But it's also kind of like it was bad, too, way, way back in the day when, when you were basically property of the studio. Oh, yeah. You know? They could be I like, mean, your image is falling. You either need to hide the fact that you're gay or we're going to destroy you. Yeah. yeah. Or like a lot of the, uh, um, like, the you know, your Marx Brothers, your Three Stooges and stuff. Like, you don't own your image. You know, if we want to put your shit in cartoons or, or, or lunchboxes or any of that shit, fuck you. We own you. And you better be grateful because we yep. made you. Yeah, but I, I doubt it's still like that today. No. Well, I, I feel like it's actually kind of worse today because celebrities now, they have to keep their online presence up. You know, they have to be careful what they say on social media. You know, I like know every Candace, single... I had to get an Instagram just because I do this podcast. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, like the the Instagram photos, you know, they have to post regularly or else their managers and the people who are in the studios are like, 
look, you're not in the public's eye as much anymore. We need you to put a titty shot on Instagram to get your Oof. name going again. And or that's something. okay, if I have to Local news, everybody on the news or your local fucking broadcast has a fucking Twitter handle and a Facebook page. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost worse now because any kind of semblance of a private life is gone. So I've talked with some comedians who were hired specifically by uh, management companies of famous people just to tweet for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh They don't do themselves. (laughs) If you watch maybe somebody out of 100 tweets, maybe five of them are from the actual person. Because there's no way that these fucking people are jet-sitting all over the world and tweeting. Yeah. And funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's hard to do on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, not everybody can be as lucky as us when it comes to being funny, you know? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It doesn't come natural. (laughs) The pressure is outstanding. people want to eat our meat. And man, talk about a curse. Fucking Sid. He, uh, well, first of all, b- before they ditch his ass and he wakes up uh, bloody on the street, they take a sample of his rash from his skin, and oh, that yeah. fucking oh, yeah. sucks. Dude. They oh. This is fucking, yeah, this is the fucking body horror of a mate. This one, that fucking skin yeah. scope, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, they basically, like, uh, uh, take a plug of his skin. Like, just, not, it's not very big, but it goes they deep. They bore out his skin. Yeah. And then that's not even it's not even done yet. Then you got to do the second part, to get a fucking pull a little cylinder of skin out. Ugh. Yeah. That looked like it sucked. Yeah, it looked really so, painful. I don't recommend. For real. No. Don't take skin plugs out of people. It's please. kind of the part of the body horror in this is the fact that he's pregnant <laughs> with this virus. Yeah. It, and I mean they they also do the cool thing where they shove the big cotton swab up his nose. Well, he does that to himself earlier on in there. That's a fun one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trying to get everything. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, anybody who's had the cool coronavirus test lately knows oh. how fun that is. I've had so many tests now, I have lost count. Yeah. I've had, you like say, I Candace, said... that there's something going on with people who are getting off on getting yeah, the they call it. they call it the nussy. <laughs> N-U-S-S-Y. <laughs> Pop that nussy. <laughs> I, I just actually just got tested again on... Wednesday was my last test. I have to do it regularly because I work in a hospital. And I wanted to be like, when they put the, the swab up there and they have to hold it there for three seconds on your sinus, which is not pleasant. Oh, no. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to be like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Take me. <laughs> just start hey, lighting uh, up a cigarette afterwards, you know? <laughs> between us girls here, how many guys are just like keep coming back and back over and over again? This <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just... Pat the dude on the shoulder, be like, Ooh, hey, uh, you want to let go get something to eat now? Or... <laughs> yeah. I need a uh, cigarette. So, yeah, so I had my uh, uh, deviated septum surgery. So I had the, uh, they pack the sinuses full of the gauze and they put the stents in that they get to remove. Ugh. So I, mm. I get the feeling. It's not fun. Uh, anything touching your sinus is terrible. Oh, God, it's so, mm, so sensitive. <laughs> Sorry, I can Barry. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, our hero Sid wakes up bloodied and in a ditch on the side of the fucking road. Yep, he basically got raped and then he got thrown on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. insult to injury. Yeah. 
I mean, they could have at least, like, taken him back home or something. Yeah. But well, no. doesn't Arvid say at one point, you know, like, hey, you know, like I said, you know, you kind of brought this on yourself because you're being stingy with this. But, you know, don't worry. When this is all over, you can still work for me. I'll, I'll take you to a doctor on the down low who does not going to ask too many questions. But the next day he wakes up on the fucking street. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nothing for him. Anything just to shut them up while they're doing what they want to do. Yeah. But he does get approached by uh, two strangers. Say, look, man, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take you somewhere, and then they just kind of drive his ass off to oh, this wait, undisclosed on, location. You're missing a great fucking back and okay. forth dialogue. Here. Okay. Because the first guy sits down, uh, he kind of looks like Huey Lewis from the news, but yeah, we'll get past <laughs> he does. that. He says, "Have you heard that Hannah's husband didn't know that she was dead, and he oh, slept with God, her in yeah. the bed?" And every night since I've heard that, when I get into the bed, I always check and make sure that my wife is still breathing. Yeah. yeah. And then that's, that's when the fun. other guy comes in and sits down next to him, and that's when he realizes he's in shit trouble. Yeah, because he's like, yeah. can, can you please move? And he, and he just shakes his head. He just smiles he at him, too. Yeah, he just that's smiles a, that's at him. That's even worse. He just smiles at him. Like, it's like, you are so helpless, I'm not even yeah. going to try to be intimidating. <laughs> yeah. No, this is already And then they order play. the calamari. What the fuck is that? Yeah. At yeah, that at restaurant? restaurant? They don't even stay for the calamari, though. Oh, just leave. Who paid for that? That's not something that, you know, you can put on the fucking back heat or somebody else is going to order in three minutes. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're not going to be reheating that. You think calamari was actually squid or was it some celebrity named Cal, like, Cal Emery or something? Oh, oh and then like, the Cal- maybe it's Dr. Zoidberg. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need Dr. Zoidberg. Perhaps eat me, Dr. Zoidberg. I love fucking Zoidberg. <laughs> Zoidberg is maybe my favorite character off of that show. Oh, he's great. So yeah, they, they drag his ass off to some undisclosed location where he, uh, well, he turns out he meets Hannah because she's still alive, but not well. No, she's not looking too good. No. Even they put as much makeup on her as they can, but you can tell that she is very pale and sick. Yes. Very pale, very sick. And we meet her doctor, Malcolm McDowell. Whoop, whoop. And uh, so they say, look, we, uh, the disease that she has is actually a man-made, and we put a, uh, a little fail-safe into it so that nobody can analyze it. Not only that, but we faked her death so that we could protect her from the public. And, and like, okay, well, that's a twist I didn't expect. Mm-hmm, Malcolm yeah. McDowell's like, I got another twist for you. He rolls up his sleeve. And you see all these fun skin grafts going up and down his arm. Yeah, it kind of looks like Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, it it kind of does, because it's all these different skin tones and stuff. And he says that you can, and there's a lab in Germany, a clinic in Germany, where you can get skin grafts made from the skin cells of your favorite celebrities and then have it put on your skin. So you can touch whenever you want. It's so, and then he like, you can tell he's like very affectionately, like he's like, this is Hannah. And he's like stroking this patch of skin on his arm. Yeah. I... I don't know the full text of the Hippocratic Oath, but I think being this obsessed with your patient might be violating. (laughs) Yeah, you know what, Eddie? That's true, because the other thing that never happens is, like, doctors never do any fucked up shit. They don't take their own drugs. Um, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, They really live by that oath. By the way, what percentage of dudes that work at the artificial insemination clinics are just using their own sperm? I think that's happened before, and he got in a lot of trouble for I it. I think that's no, been ton. two different episodes of SVU. No, this has happened like a ton of times. 
So I'm wondering, like, just by the numbers, is it like what? greater than 30 percent of the people are doing is like more than chance and that's just the ones that get caught i think 90 percent. yeah well you've got like an endless supply for free right so that's right Why not? and you could tell the lady be like look uh it comes from a doctor Ooh, a doctor <laughs> <laughs> and no matter what it's still a gamble right just oh, because yeah. you have uh you know mozart's uh dna baby doesn't mean he's going to be Mozart. Huh? No, it's very true. Just because you have the, the DNA doesn't mean you have the potential. Yeah, because you have David Cronenberg's DNA doesn't mean it's going to be a Brandon. <laughs> well, luckily this time it was. Yeah, luckily surprisingly. It was. Yeah. <laughs> this and, is the same uh, thing with uh, David Lynch's daughter. She's actually, I think, I like her movies better than his. Whoa, shots fired, Tim. <laughs> Goddamn. Surveillance is a great fucking movie. Gotta check that out. But uh, I wanted to point out the whole skin grafts with uh, Malcolm McDowell. It's kind of like, because he's her personal physician, Hannah's personal physician, he's like a high priest. Because he's trying to ask uh, Sid to help save her. Mm -hmm. Like, she can still be saved if we can find out where this virus came from, because we're certain it was man-made. This was like an engineered virus, and it was an assassination attempt against her to kill her with this virus. And so, and he's, you know, beseeching Sid, like, you need to help us. And he's like, well, I just want to get saved. I don't want to get involved in all of this. And that's when he shows him the skin grafts. And he says, I thought you were like me, but I guess you're just another fan. Yeah. And that's what he points out. He says, yeah, I mean, when you stole or when you took her blood and then got yourself sick with it, you didn't need to do that. You already had the blood. Mm -hmm. It's like you were clearly a fan. You know, you're one of her followers. Yeah, clearly. I mean, probably her best follower at this point. uh, (laughs) Following her right to the fucking grave. So he goes and has a little conversation with Hannah where she tells him, like, well, you know the part of it that really sucks is, uh, is your mouth bleeding yet? He's like, no. He goes, yeah, that's going to suck when that happens. Well, no, not only (laughs) that, but she doesn't even know who he is. She doesn't remember even meeting him. Yeah, true. So yeah, he has to tell her who he is and then that he's got her illness. She goes, yeah, no, the you thing just that... meet your celebrity, you know, the person that you have a crush on that you're doing all this shit for. You've already met them one time. The next time you meet them, they don't even remember who you are. Yeah. That sucks. He goes, it's going to suck, though, because I don't really sleep anymore because the blood keeps kind of gathering in my mouth. And she has but... suffocation dreams. Yeah, in your stomach. That's you know a good what, point, Tim. You know what it reminds me of? And maybe it's later on in the movie. Um, so I'm trying to figure out this virus. Well, they said it's man-made, so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to make any biological sense. Because she's got uh, high fevers that cause hallucinations. Mm-hmm. She's got uh, bleeding from the mouth and rashes. And mm. it seems like like none of this makes any sense. But like, then usually we a virus find out will, that like... might be a three-for-one sale later yeah, on. Like this, yeah, it just... Biologically, this virus doesn't make any sense, but they do explain that it's not a biological virus. This is man-made. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he has to go back to the lab and try to figure out what it is that that she has. Got got to try to figure out how how it possibly leaked from the lab. What what where where it comes from? Anyway, basically to cure her because his fate is linked to her. Right? If he can't cure himself, he can't cure her. Hey, it's, you know, it's uh, two birds, one stone, right? 
<laughs> when yeah, he goes he's back to the lab. With her and he has that closeness to power, so he has power himself. Plus, he doesn't gone, want to die. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a very, very basic reason that he just doesn't want to die. Yeah. yeah. So this movie um, has a really good plot. You know, like a lot of times with uh, art house type films, the plot is completely non-existent, or it's just kind of like real bare bones, and they rely so much on the rich imagery that they they're not really trying to push a story along you know but this movie actually has a pretty intricate plot it's almost kind of like a con artist movie like because they're trying to find out where did this come from who did this who is this guy this derek derek lessing yeah there's there's definitely a little mystery that's thrown in on top of all of it yeah it's a whodunit it it is a whodunit yeah yeah but the the other thing i i kind of didn't mention earlier was when they're uh back uh, hanging out at Astral Bodies, there's a scene in there where they see a uh, a virtual version of Hannah on a on a monitor. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Oh yeah, because well, yeah, this comes up later. Right? Yeah, because uh, she he's like standing in this room, and then you hear someone go, "Hello, hello, is someone there?" And he pulls back this curtain, and it's this like illusion of a Hannah Geist laying on her side in this clear box, and she's like, "Please help me." She's like. What do you want me to do? Why did you do this to me? And it's giving this like people who get off on humiliating people who are celebrities or or someone they perceive as better than them, you know. And yeah. it's, that's clearly what they're going for here, because she's like, "Do you want me to hurt myself? I'll do anything. Just let me go." And he's so freaked out by this that he's like frantically looking around because he thinks that Hannah Geis is actually in this box. Yeah. So he starts moving around the box, and it zooms in real close when there's these. Very bright red lips of Hannah on the screen, and you can see it in low resolution. Real God, that reminds me of Videodrome. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very oh, wow. cool, yeah. though. Hmm. <laughs> very well. I thought, wonder see. if he's ever seen that movie. Uh, you know what? I'll ask him one of these days. I'll try to get an interview with him. Wow! Oh. Now that would be a fucking pull. That would be, be a pull. <laughs> but just hysterical. talk to him about his dad the whole time. I'm sure he'd love. No, it. no. <laughs> just talk to him about his own stuff, and then bring up films of his dad's that it reminds you of, but don't even make the connection. Oh, that's your dad? <laughs> huh? Oh, you're that Cronenberg. Oh, I thought, the... I thought you were related to the actor that was in Jason X, not the director. <laughs> Oh, you're of the East Wait, Coast the Cronenbergs. Same. I thought you were part of the yeah. Brooklyn Cronenbergs. Ah, yeah, you're one of those Canadian Cronenbergs. Okay, never mind. My bad. So, yeah, he goes back to Lucas Labs, and he's in bad fucking shape. He's using a cane. He's yeah. hobbling around. He's so weak. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really very, hunched over at this point. Very fucked up at this point. And his acting on this, like, he looks fucking sick, man. Yeah, it's a no. Candace a is little right. bit this guy's a really great fucking actor. He's a great actor. All mm-hmm. everything I've ever seen him in, he he's very compelling to watch. Well, I think okay. also what it is, and here it goes to our thing with celebrity, is for the guy the way he looks, he has to be a really really good actor. Yeah, because he's not a good looking guy. He's not gonna skate across on having a six pack, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of times I'm watching uh, Korean movies or Korean TV shows with my wife, and for the most part. Everybody on the shows is like incredibly beautiful, and then every once in a while you'll see somebody who's not, and like, well, that's because they're really good at acting, and that's why they yeah. got the job. Otherwise, somebody prettier would have gotten it. It's true. Yeah, he he is such a fun part of Get Out too, as the fucking oh yeah, piece of yeah, shit as the brother. brother. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's like wrestling him. Yeah, he's, he's all obsessed with MMA and oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. dude's so good. So yeah, we go back to Lucas Labs and uh, he says, "All right, um, well, what do you have left of the Hannah stuff?" And he's talking to him about the samples they have, and he figures out about a uh, a sample eight 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 was last checked out by Derek, and this sample checked out by Derek was uh, well. He sold it to somebody in a rival lab, Vol and Tesser. Yeah, and they seem to be like the one that's maybe more connected to the government and to like to maybe to the military or something like that. Yeah, you kind of get that vibe off Vol and Tesser is that maybe they're uh, <laughs> maybe they're they're trying to weaponize some shit. Yeah, because uh, the Lucas Clinic, which is where Sid works at, always comes across as like real classy. This is for the mm -hmm. connoisseurs. Yeah, this and is then, the Beverly Hills plastic surgeon's office. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, the 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 competition, they're uh, they seem kind of more uh, pragmatic, because the owner of uh, the Lucas Clinic, he's like, you know, he's always talking about what it what does it mean to be a celebrity? What does our relationship with celebrities actually mean to us? He's very very deep about it, and the Volantesser yeah. place, they're like. We're going to do whatever you want us to do because we want to make money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Let me just jump back to the beginning of the, of the movie for a second. Um, okay. When the first guy who wants to get the herpes walks into the office, mm -hmm. we have that stark scene where the woman is sitting behind the desk, the secretary, and she's on the phone, and she just like puts her hand up and tells him to wait. And then she tells him to go into the other room. And him and the woman that he sits down to are the only ones who look like regular people. Everybody else that's supposedly sitting in that waiting room look like they could be fucking models themselves or stars themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. Because, I mean, that woman definitely looks completely out of place there with everybody else yeah. that's there. And I think she's yeah. even wearing black or really dark clothes, so she's going to stand out even more. And the guy who gets the herpes, I forget what his name is, um, he really, he looks like kind of like a fucking geek. Yeah. yeah he, and everybody else like in that the... office sitting down looks fucking almost perfectly beautiful. Yeah, they're all incredibly uh, well-tailored clothes. Like, there's not a hair out of place on them. Even their facial hair is just groomed to perfection. Like, the, you can tell that the, the image of the company, the employees, have to look fantastic at all times. Well, even the people sitting in what looks like that they're sitting in the waiting, the waiting room. room. Yeah. So I'm wondering, are those actual people, or is that just like fucking like plants? Like, just to make it look more upscale? Like, oh, wow, look at all these people that are here, and I'm going to be able sense. to be one of them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like some clubs will have nobody inside of it just so they can form a line out front. So you're like, wow, that club must be busy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good window dressing. Makes sense. You want to walk by, you don't want to see a bunch of schlubs when you go into the place. So, yeah, we uh, we find out that uh, he sold that, that uh, 888 to Volantesser. And Volantesser took that. They manipulated this 888. And they created their own man-made virus from it, right? So they then did a remix. Yeah, yeah. They they chopped it up and screwed with it. They they made a little remix. You're right. And then they uh, they decided to patent it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Even Which though you find it out. seemed like it was killing Hannah. So hmm. Well, uh, did, I think we skipped over a couple of parts that I wanted to point out because okay, the imagery was the imagery used was so good. Like uh the part where you find out about Derek Lessing 
and Sid goes over to his house because he's like, I need to find something. Maybe part of the the virus is still there or some kind of sample I can use or some kind of Yeah, clue. they both have the same hiding space. Yeah, and yeah. he figures it out because he uses the same technique and he gets it and someone shows up and he's like, who are you? And and like uh, Sid puts, who's looking real rough, like he's all hunched over and he's really pale, but he puts his hand wearing a black glove over his lower half of his face so he wouldn't be able to be recognized and he like backs away and because he's his shoulders are all hunched up and his face is so pale he looks like nosferatu yeah yeah the thing that he does with his hand is like what fucking jared leto that asshole did uh in suicide squad as a joker with the smile tattoo yeah he covers up his face he covers up his face because he doesn't want to be recognized but I should point out that Nosferatu means plague bringer. Oh, yeah. interesting. Damn. Yep. Got to bring it back to the vampires. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he he somehow gets into Hannah Geist's room, and he's watching her while she's laying there sleeping, dying, and she looks very ethereal because she's very, very pale. But they still put red lipstick on her. And they still, like, fixed yeah. her hair. So she's got this, like, golden blonde hair and these red, red lips, but the rest of her is just wasting away. And it reminds me of tuberculosis victims. Yeah, that's during right. The, during the Victorian yep. times, it was considered sexy to have tuberculosis. People thought that people dying of tuberculosis were beautiful because they were so thin and pale. Oh, and my the, God. It, it, this is very true. <sighs> so... <laughs> I can believe it. I can, 100% can fucking believe it. It was called the White Death. And it was considered romantic to be dying of tuberculosis. So that's that's what it reminded me of. Because she's very, you know, she's very pale and wan looking. And he's just staring at her like she's, you know, God himself. Yeah. Well, he's he's about. He's having his little, his little uh, communing moment with her. And then she like wakes up and starts coughing up blood and throwing up everywhere. Ruining the illusion that she's this, you know, perfect being. Way and to he, go. He panics. He panics because of it. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because he's about to be on the other side of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, before he can do anything to stop this patented super disease from, uh, well, whatever they plan on doing with it at Bull and Tesser, uh, Levin abducts Sid and locks his ass up and broadcasts his health's deterioration and his death, inevitably, uh, is the plan as a reality show for all the people who didn't get to see Hannah die. Yeah, that yeah was, they need their uh, they need their fix. Yeah, he's explaining that uh, he's just an innovator who is going to broadcast uh, Sid because he has the same disease that Hannah had, and yeah. people were experiencing a uh, uncomfortable uh, gap of narrative between when she got sick and then her funeral because they didn't get to watch her die. And so he's doing this as a service to people, recording <laughs> this death, and he's like, yeah. how are you feeling right now? And he's like coming in with a video camera, getting real close to his face and being like, how, how do you feel right now? Uh, you know, it, can you imagine this is what, she, you know, Hannah Geist was experiencing? You're the closest anyone's ever been to her because you're dying the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also good marketing if you... uh happen to have a few vials of that laying around mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly and uh well sid's not doing good he's about to fucking die he's in real bad shape but before he goes 
before he goes, he uh, he has a little trick up his sleeve. Nice little syringe full of blood. Mm-hmm. Which he stabs Levine right in his fucking mouth with. Yeah, you see it too. It's like he, oh, he puts it in his bottom it? of his oh. gums. Stabs him in the bottom of his gums with his needle of dirty blood. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't recommend that happening. Yeah, that sucks. I look like it hurt. And uh, so then he pulls the thing out, the syringe back out. Now he's got this, this syringe full of infected blood and he grabs a nurse and he's like, look, man, I'm going to kill this, this nurse. Uh, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So I'm holding her hostage with a vial of my own blood, which uh, yeah. that's, that's fun. It's a fun little thing to be. He's, he's weaponized his own blood. Yeah, he's, he's taken ownership of the disease, I guess. So, yeah, he realized then that Volantessa infected Hannah with that. And, they planned uh, on killing her. Yeah, Because they did. then they... they have exclusive uh, ownership of the virus that killed Hannah Geist. Yeah, they're doing yeah. a workaround because Hannah Geist is exclusive to the mm-hmm. other company. Yeah. Nobody can virus, do anything yeah. that yeah. involves her at all. But if she so. caught our trademark disease... Mm-hmm. We own so that. It, it's already trademarked, so we can sell it. And it just reminded me, like you said earlier, Tim, of uh, Monsanto, the way that they do with their shit. Mm-hmm. They trademark their seeds that they've genetically modified, and if it ends up on your farm and you're mm-hmm. growing their seed, guess what? You, you got to pay them. Yep. Give yep. my money, bitch. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, real fucking dirty trick to be playing with a human's life. But not hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, they're celebrities. Yeah, but it's a celebrity. It's commodity. Because at some point, don't the two guys who pick him up in the diner say, you know, calm down, don't worry, you're a commodity now. Yeah. Yep. You're just yeah, a uh, group hallucination. He's really become a celebrity himself because as long as Hannah Geist is still hot at the moment, he's going to be hot until, you know, he can keep uh, carrying these viral payloads in his blood that he can keep selling. But as soon as the public's attention, which is notoriously fickle, is going to go on to someone else, then they're going to cast him aside. They're going to use him yeah. up and cast him aside like they do celebrities in real life. So what do you do? You negotiate. Yep. He's, he's really smart. <laughs> he really is. This is a good move. He gets in touch with Tesser and he's like, look, I'm ready to jump ship. I'm going to work with you guys now. So why don't we work out a deal? And they do. So now we get to... The closing sequences of the film, where it's, that virtual, ooh. what's that? I was I was about to say, oh God, the imagery, the body yeah. horror uh. is strong in this part. Oh yeah, this yeah. is really like, why do they have to do that? I don't know that they have to, um, but they do. <laughs> so it looks like Tasser has been working with uh, Sid's buddy, uh, because we see a virtual reality version of Hannah that's advertising her afterlife. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... They had to have done that uh, CG. Well, obviously the, the actress who played Hannah is a real person and they just used her. But in like the universe, they had to use that CG for mm-hmm. dead celebrities that they did with like Grand Moff Tarkin. You know, they like put him in Rogue One and all that stuff. Eddie doesn't know what we're talking about. Okay, I never, know. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm talking about. You, you, you and almost said, everybody uh, who's cool Tupac. in the entire world knows. <laughs> yeah. You should have said Tupac. I would have. I would have been like, oh, when they made the laser Tupac. Okay. She's and she's talking about how when she was a little girl, 
her mom asked her what she wanted, and she wanted to be young and beautiful forever. And mm. now her wish has come true, and she's welcoming <laughs> everyone to enjoy her afterlife. And then it yeah. shows her they've been building the, with their patented cell gardens. Mm, they've been growing parts of her body. So they've completely <laughs> broken down Hannah Geist as a person into just a system of systems. You got a beating heart with a working circu circulatory system. You got kidneys. You got skin. You got everything you could want, but you don't have a consciousness. Yeah. Well, who and cares about the consciousness? At some point, didn't Arvid say one of his dreams was to live long enough to see where they could actually grow a celebrity themselves? Yep. Yep. Well, this is well, isn't it? Uh, they play kind of fast and loose with the rules, don't they? Because they're like, oh, but this isn't a person, because that's illegal. You can't well, clone a person. Yeah, but we we find out at the very end that, <laughs> that it's a person. Yeah, um, you think that's so, just a, a pole shaped arm sticking out? Yeah. Which is, Why do they have to do oh, that with the fucking arm? Because huh? it's a it look it's you know it's ninety degree angles the 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 where the angles are elbows, and it's an arm, and he mm -hmm. cuts it once everybody. Well, first leaves. he injects it, right? Yeah. Because the idea is that now they're basically just infecting Hannah's cells, quote-unquote, in this and distorted over over cell again. garden. Now yeah, so they can... Now she has the bird flu. Now she has this kind of flu. Now you she can has get... this. Right. So now instead of having to get whatever she happens to catch, you can have her catch whatever you want. Yep. You're making the trends now instead of trying to follow them. Right. Yeah. You can have all those I Love Herpes t-shirts already printed up, ready to go. <laughs> finally, I can sell those fuckers. Uh, finally, I can get the... with the free shirt. Finally, I can go. get the genital warts I deserve. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so uh, they he sticks the needle in the genetically created arm. And then after people have left, he's alone with the arm. And like you were saying, he, he gives it a little cut and starts And you can drinking. see the blood pumping. There's a working yeah. heart. Yeah, and they kind of zoom out a little bit, and you get to see what's in the cell garden. And it's Hannah. <laughs> oh, it's Hannah, all right. All <laughs> deformed with her face and her body all distorted and twisted. And... And, and Sid, like, he puts the cut on that arm, and mm -hmm. he leans down, and he, like, touches it. And he says the words from the beginning of the movie when he's talking about Hannah, that uh, it's she's perfect. Like this is yeah. what he this is what he's always wanted, and so he starts drinking yeah. her blood. Yeah, yeah for him, she's not even the most a person. perfect version he can have. Yeah, it's where you have the your your God, but you don't have to worry about the messy parts, like the fact that it's a human being. Yeah, and that is antiviral. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> fucking love this movie. I think this movie is so smart and clever and well-crafted yep. and beautiful. And the acting's yeah. phenomenal in it. It's, I, I would say, if I had a criticism of it, the last 20-ish minutes of it, they could cut down some of the longer tracking shots a little bit. But Yeah, I agree with for that. For this yeah. being the filmmaker's first fucking work. First feature-length I mean, movie, yeah. Yeah, it, it's incredibly well done and it's it's a damn shame that it wasn't more successful yeah i yeah um, i'm definitely going to be watching his other film possessor that came out oh, just yeah. this I, year yeah i am only uh looking forward to watch that because of seeing how well this movie was made mm -hmm. yeah and it's just very interesting that the the different like you said the 
religious symbolism that's that's used in here as well as like the kind of commentary on celebrity. It's funny, in an interview they did ask Brandon uh, if his view on celebrity has changed ever since making antiviral. And he says, nah, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think People he had still... a very strong opinion going into it, and I don't think he's going to change his <laughs> mind anytime soon. <laughs> oh, I yeah. got that out of my system. Cause, cause you, hey, you can see, I like, be on the National Enquirer? You yeah. see, like, oh, I got, a, you know, I got hair from this celebrity, and I'm selling it on eBay for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And it's oh, like, well, who it's... wants that? Well, it starts with the autograph, right? Yeah. <sighs> like... Something very passive. Just I can understand the autograph, okay? Because that's something that you could have and you can look at. And, you know, here's some, you know, I'm not just bullshitting you. I met this person. Here it is. But to start going more and more to the point where, and like we said, this is something that could very easily happen. We actually want the fucking same disease we want that your to, favorite singer or movie star has. And we want just to so drink, you can be closer to them like that. It's just fucking... And we want to drink their blood and eat their flesh. We want to consume these celebrities. Yeah. Tim, you went to Catholic school. You know what that's all about. <laughs> yes, I did. Jesus Christ. I, I got to say, I was I... an altar boy, too. I had to protect that body from falling on the floor. Were those crackers any good, or are they just pretty shitty? No, no, no. I will tell you this. We used to eat them by the hand. <laughs> I knew you did. <laughs> because uh... those things, they literally would fucking just melt in your mouth. Or What would happen, too, is if you had a little bit of a dry mouth, it would get stuck to the roof of your mouth. Oh, and you'd have God. to work your tongue back and forth to get it dissolved. It was it kind of almost like what you imagine paper tasting like, but mm. it had a better taste to it. Mm. And then when it was dipped into the wine, mm, Jesus' kiss. <laughs> yeah. I always think it's funny. Because, you know, I came from a Baptist background. You know, I come from the South. There's right. not a lot of Catholics in the South. At least not in the part I lived in. A lot of Southern Baptists, though. And they would do, like, a communion. But Baptists aren't supposed to drink alcohol. So they would use grape juice. Instead of wine. And I'm uh, like, No, at literally... a certain point, I think the Catholic Church switched over, too. Because uh, not everybody wanted to drink wine. And, like, what did you do when the kids came up? So I think yeah. they did use grape juice. But some of the priests, I know, I remember... One, Father Napoli, <laughs> would have actually have wine. Yeah, that's, you used to get in line twice when it was really wine, Tim. Well, no, what's fucked up with him is his parents gave him this beautiful handmade fucking thing that you put the water and wine in. Mm -hmm. And my friend, Mark, uh, well, Mark. bleep out the name, but you'll get it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> was running while he was holding them. And fucking dropped it and broke it. Oh. And like, this is something that he, at that point, the guy must have had like for fucking like 50 fucking years. Oh, man. That's And sucks. they were fucking, every, every altar boy sort of like, wow, did you see those fucking chalices? Wow, that's really nice. Aren't they? That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it always Way to go, pissed, Mark. <laughs> it always pissed me off with the, the Southern Baptists because they're like, it is a sin to drink alcohol. That's why there's dry counties in the South. And I'm like, literally, Jesus's first miracle was to make more alcohol. Yeah, no, it's like just doesn't make any sense. Water. <laughs> no, other way around. I don't around. understand. And, and but that's my. I have a lot of problems with Baptists. They're a special kind of asshole. What's fun is if you go to Utah, um, they they clearly dry most places. Mm -hmm. uh, they have whole aisles, though, in, in the supermarkets that look like that's where you get the wine. 
but it's all just different brands and styles of grape juice that are bottled. <laughs> it's like, dude, what are you doing? Squid it. I felt. I feel like being a Mormon's like being in middle school your entire life. Hey guys, we're gonna eat some s'mores. We're gonna drink grape juice. <laughs> it really is. Oh man. <laughs> but I have some alcohol some here. Doors and both of them. And and, yeah. and and instead of actually going all the way, they just do some heavy petting. You know. <laughs> like, yeah. Do um, some on top of the clothes stuff. Mo oh. Mormons are the middle schoolers of religion. <laughs> Mormons. <laughs> so yeah, I think it goes. Without saying, we all recommend watching this movie if you haven't already. Highly recommend it, yes. Mm -hmm. We've absolutely spoiled it for you. So, guys, is there anything else this movie might remind you of you'd like to tell the listeners they should maybe take a look at? Yes. Something else to watch? Maybe maybe Papa Cronenberg movie, you know? Maybe David right. Cronenberg has a movie called Existence. Ooh, oh, yeah. Candace. Yeah, right. that I think would pair Guess who's going to be on that show? Because I think I already <laughs> mentioned that to Eddie. <laughs> think that, wait, yeah, wait. That's supposed to be my pick for Body Horror Month. What happened to that? Nobody likes you, Tim. We did enough, Cronenberg. <laughs> well, you became the co-host. You, you're taking all sorts of liberties, sir. <laughs> Shouldn't I have some input? You will. No, February's no. uh, uh, the guest's Look choice. Tim, Tim's just the pretty face of the podcast. Eddie's the real yeah. power behind the throne. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, the, the Dr. Claw behind I it. get to be the celebrity. Exactly. That's true, yeah. yeah. You've got the eyebrows for it, buddy. <sighs> the eyebrows. Oh, I also, you know how in the beginning of the podcast we were talking about Dracula Untold? And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't actually seen that. So I looked it up. And okay. why didn't anybody mention that the guy who plays Vlad is Luke Evans? He plays Gaston in Beauty and the Beast live remake. This guy uh, is amazing. I love this guy. Okay, look at that connection. So I'm going to be like watching this watch movie. It. Nice. <laughs> and uh, you know what I could do is maybe I could download that and put it on the blood bank. And if you want to know what the blood bank is and take a look at it, you can take a look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodybits. Anyhow, plug that. So, Tim, yeah, what about you? Did you just fill up the whole uh, five terabytes of hard drive? Yeah, so I did just make a message about that. But before we get to that, Tim, do you have a recommendation, or are you going with Existence as well? Uh, I will go with Existence. I think we'll make Great that unanimous movie. then. I love that yeah. movie. I love <laughs> me some Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, to, to your point, Tim, I did just fill up the blood bank. I, uh... I capped it off. There's there's still a little bit of room in there, but but I'm looking to expand it. We'll we'll uh, investigate that or rolling out some things and so if rolling more in people some join the things. Patreon. Oh yeah, like if more people join the Patreon, just a month up to ten dollars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They could help then they can get access drive. to it. And you know what we just added, Tim? What? You've probably never heard of it, but it was a one season. TV show called Eerie Indiana. I, you know, I just saw that. No, and how about this? I watched that when it came on NBC. Oh my God. You did? Yes, because that was Candace? supposed to be like the new Twilight Zone thing and everything like that. I think Amazing Stories was either on the air or just going off the air when that came on. Yeah, this was like 92, 93. Candace, are you familiar? I know of it, but I've never seen a single episode of it. But X Files I guess I for know kids. What I'm going to be doing Stranger Things before Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, totally pre Stranger Things, Stranger Things, and it was actually in the '80s. Yeah, <laughs> it was good stuff. So yeah, you can definitely take a look at that now, Candice. Before we let you go, 
Is there anything that you think our uh, listeners should tune into or check out? Well, if you are not listening to The Grind Bin yet, you definitely should be. Especially if you like this show, because both myself and Eddie were on the Christmas special for The Grind Bin. Oh, covering such the movie Deadly one. Games. Not only is it a great movie, but it was a great podcast episode. It, it was, was until the wrong guys came out, and then that became an <laughs> <instant> classic. <laughs> still, I still haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, of course, if you aren't checking out the Grind Bin, check out the Grind Bin. Check out the Mustachioed Podcastio with another one of our frequent guests, Daniel. Uh, we're going to be releasing for New Year's the Crank bonus episode. Yes, by the I way, think we're doing Crank Two part uh, pretty soon too, right? That's correct. I think we're going to be recording that maybe this coming week. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm ready to go right now. Call Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My All right, Tim. Anything? Lunchbox. Anything else you want to point out or anybody should pay attention to? Mm, no, I think like Candace said, if you're listening to the show, you know that we've all been on uh, either Daniel's show, Mustachio Podcastio, or Grind Bin, so keep it all in the family. I think, wait, I think I got something coming up on Everything I Learned from Movies with Mike oh, on the Grind good. Bin. Yeah, yeah, always check out Everything I Learned from Movies. They just did a, uh, they just did their award show. Where, oh, that's uh, right, this... yeah, and they did yeah. it under an hour, too. We have to under an that. hour, yeah. No, I I think our bonus episodes we might be able to get under an hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely not the regular length episodes, though. All right, guys. So I think that's it. I uh, want to give a special shout out to our Patreons, though, because without you guys, none of the bonus content would be possible. So uh, maybe we'll do a little uh, individual shout out in upcoming episodes. Tim, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think that's a great idea because definitely appreciate anybody's help and yep, uh, yep. spread it out so you don't say all their names in one week. So we keep dragging the money out of them. Yeah, exactly. And if you can't afford to support it through the Patreon, I understand. Just tell a friend. Tell two friends. Come on. You got to know two, two people, right? Yeah, now, that's right? true. If you only tell one friend, you're being cheap. Come on. And wait, <laughs> uh, give us five stars or you're stealing our money? Yeah, five star <laughs> review or you're stealing our money. That's definitely true. So, Candace. Thank you so much for bringing this movie here. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, and yeah, yeah I'm definitely... Yeah, good pick, Candace. I'm a, I'm a proselyte for this movie. I'm like, have You're you what? seen Antiviral? The prostitute Wait, for this movie? No, I said a proselyte. Like, I spread the, oh, I, okay. I spread the, wow. the message Holy of antiviral. <laughs> spread the good word, Candace. a prostitute Candace. with a virus. What? Have you heard and... of our Lord and Savior, Brandon Cronenberg? <laughs> All right. So, guys, I think that this is how I end it.